Deontay Johnson's Big Deal, Chase Claypool's Big Mouth, and Bill Cowher's QB Advice. It's your trending Steelers news, and we've got it all right here. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Stellas so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. In the lull between minicamp and training camp, talk often replaces on-field achievement. And boy, has there been a lot of talk surrounding your Steelers. In wake of safety Minka Fitzpatrick's blockbuster Steelers contract, plenty in Pittsburgh are saying receiver Deontay Johnson will be the next player to cash in. But because of the skyrocketing market for NFL receivers, which has inflated faster than food and gasoline in the Biden economy, Deontay's deal, should it come, will likely surpass Minka's money and reach into the $20 million a year territory. And that is rarefied air. The question is, is the Steelers' best route runner worth it? Meanwhile, another receiver is talking up himself after a subpar rookie season, only wishing he was in line for a payday as prolific as the one Johnson may be about to be showered with. I'm speaking of Chase Claypool, who's been speaking a lot about himself of late. According to Claypool, he will show out to be a top three wide receiver in all of the NFL this season. But with the aforementioned Johnson, rookie revelation George Pickens, and popular Penn State tight end Pat Fryermuth all competing for the football, Chase might not even rank in the top three on his own team. Nevertheless, Claypool is doubling down. He was last seen posting pictures on Instagram of his intensive film study sessions with retired receiver Brandon Marshall as his tutor. Now, Marshall, you remember, liked the talk too. And he never quite lived up to his true talent level as he kept shuffling among various teams. Let's hope Claypool doesn't emulate some of these negatives from his new teacher's successful but never really superstar NFL career. Much of the Steelers' talk this offseason has centered around the all-important quarterback position in Pittsburgh. There's a three-way race among free agent Mr. Bitsky, first-round draft pick Kenny Pickens, and holdover veteran Mason Rudolph for the starting job with the Steelers. So, not to be outdone, former Steelers coach turned CBS broadcaster Bill Cower felt the need to chime in on this three-headed QB competition in Pittsburgh. Suffice it to say, such a three-headed monster is hard to handle in training camp. Cower assured us of this, and there's just not enough training time and not enough footballs to go around when three arms are muscling in for first-team reps. Hey, this is something Cower should know and does know. Some 25 years ago, the coach with the big chin was juggling his own three-way QB derby headlined by free agent Mike Tomsack going up against Cordell Stewart to determine the Steelers' QB1, all after Neil O'Donnell departed following his interception-marred Super Bowl 30 appearance. 
Of course, Mike Tomlin won't have the luxury Coward did of simply turning Stewart into a wide receiver, creating the slash role Cordell made famous. These days, Stewart would fit perfectly into the NFL mold as the ultimate mobile QB with a rocket arm. He was just 20 years ahead of his time. As for the current QB competition in Pittsburgh, Cower has thoughts that seem to favor the more experienced Mitch Trubisky over the raw rookie out of Pitt being Kenny Pickett. Cower always liked to bring his young QBs along very slowly rather than throwing them to the wolves on week one. Heck, who knows how long Big Ben Roethlisberger might have had to wait had starter Tommy Maddox not had gone down versus the Ravens in that second game of Big Ben's rookie year. The rest, as they say, is Steelers history. But Coach Cower never had to make a difficult decision on his starter. Fate made it for him. Now, whether fate will intervene in this season's Steelers QB quandary remains to be seen. Until training camp convenes in the friendly confines of Old Latrobe, there will be plenty of talk in Pittsburgh about what could and should happen with everyone's favorite football team. But the actual answers will only be furnished by the talk that the players do on the field. Until then, it looks to be a long and somewhat noisy wait. But at least one Steeler who opened his mouth recently had plenty of interesting things to say. That man was Coach Mike Tomlin, and the venue was the relaxed, barker-lounger-laden set of the Pivot podcast. Tomlin was in rare form, riffing on everything from life, health, philosophy, and of course, troubled receiver Antonio Brown. None of what Tomlin had to say was in any way conventional. His wisdom, his insight, perspective, and above all, his realness and authenticity should remind all of Steelers Nation why Tomlin is considered one of the best coaches in all of the NFL, even if he's often maligned and criticized in his own hometown. This proves some talk that goes on during the no man's land of June is worth sitting up and listening to. And we have all of the best Steelers talk in this somewhat verbose edition of your Steelers Update podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, we will be turning the raging Steelers debates into all the best memes from Twitter, and we will do it literally and for laughs. Right now, let's get right to it. Starting off, we'll go right to the top. Steelers coaching legend Bill Cowher and his handling of his team's 1996 QB quandary. As SteelersNation.com writes, this is how the chin approached his plethora of possible passers that season. Quote, Cowher related an experience from the 1996 season when the Steelers were trying to replace Neil O'Donnell at quarterback. The Steelers tried a three-way competition with former backups Jim Miller and Mike Tomzak and the young potential star Cordell Stewart. It didn't work out that well. Said Cower, quote, we had three quarterbacks, and I just remember at the time I said, okay, we'll try to split it up. At a very early time in that process, I asked Cordell to go to receiver because it was just too hard to get the three quarterbacks 
enough reps to really legitimize to make a very true evaluation. So I think that's going to be the toughest thing for the Steelers to do, unquote. As for the current Steelers crop, Cower had this to say on the three-way race that may be a foregone conclusion. Said Cower, quote, I do like Mitch Trubitsky. He's athletic. He can get on the perimeter. I think a lot of the things Ben Roethlisberger did in his career and was not doing late in his career, they have that now in the backfield, unquote. Interesting comments from Cower, who always leans toward the veteran. We know that, and we know that maybe this competition is also leaning toward the veteran Trubitsky. But now let's hear from a Steelers coach whose QB opinion actually matters as related to the current competition. Here's Steelers quarterback coach Mike Sullivan on Kenny Pickett, as reported by Trib Live. Quote, Kenny has been working his tail off. He's a guy that is always in the office, putting in an extra amount of time. He picks things up well. He's making the most of his reps and really is showing his mobility, which was a strong part of his game in college, unquote. Pickett's ability to make throws on the run is part of what led the Steelers to select him over other members of his quarterback class. In 2021, Pickett completed 67% of his passes for 4,319 yards and 42 touchdowns while also rushing for 241 yards and five scores, the Trib Live article states. Said Sullivan, quote, he has great accuracy on the move. Some guys get off balance and it's hard to complete those passes, unquote. Now, of course, uh, looking at where things stand in the late stages of June, Pickett isn't resting on his mini camp laurels. He told Trib Lives this, quote, I'm nowhere where I need to be. I'm going to go home and work on some fundamental things before camp. I'll stay in the playbook and run through what we did in OTAs and minicamp and go over the scripts. I'm going to go back and do that every day. The work is going to continue, unquote. Hey, and I prefer the work to all the talk about the work and what you're going to do. So Pickett is doing it, and let's see how he does come into training camp in Latrobe. Of course, that's where this supposedly red-hot QB competition for the Steelers will be decided, Latrobe, and of course, the preseason. Now we turn to receiver Chase Claypool, who isn't waiting until training camp to work on his game and to talk about it. He's been seen scrutinizing film with Brandon Marshall to meet his personal goal of becoming, quote, a top three receiver in the NFL. Should we take Claypool's prediction seriously, especially after his seeming sophomore swoon with the Steelers last season? Well, here's what Tim Benz had to say writing for Trib Live, quote, on the I Am Athlete podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool said that he sees himself as a top five or perhaps even top three wide receiver in the National Football League. Said Claypool, quote, I'm not normal. I feel that way when I'm on the field. I know for a fact I am not like the rest of the guys in the NFL. I know I'm a top five receiver. I know I'm a top three receiver, unquote. 
Claypool told hosts Brandon Marshall, LaShawn McCoy, and Adam Pacman Jones in this podcast these kind of eye-popping quotes. And when McCoy asked Claypool for, for some specific numbers, he predicted this, 1,300 yards, 10-plus touchdowns, all according to Benz, who listened to the whole podcast and related this information in his Trib Live article. Now, here's my take. I think we should be taking this all with a grain of salt. I mean, with competition from Deontay Johnson, rookie sensation George Pickens, and prolific Penn State tight end Pat Fryermuth, Claypool is going to be in serious competition to get a lot of footballs within this Steelers offense. So he, he's going to have his work cut out ranking third on the Steelers, let alone the entire NFL. But don't take my word for it. Here's Tim Benz once again on Trib Live, proving that Claypool's prognostications have been way off before. He writes this, quote, Prior to the 2021 campaign, Claypool told the NFL Network he was expecting to score 14 touchdowns. He also said that, quote, humbly speaking, he'd be in the top 60, 65 of the NFL Network's top 100 player list. He wound up with two touchdowns, and that's not exactly NFL top 60 material in that yearly ranking of the top 100 players. If Claypool was going to work his way to the top five or top three of the NFL wide receivers, which of these NFL superstar pass catchers are going to be bumped down that list to make room for him? Is it going to be Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuels? All great questions from Tim Benz. Those, as he correctly points out, those are the top five players in the NFL when it comes to receiving yards. Do you see Claypool displacing any of those guys? How about the likes of the next five wideouts on the list? Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett, and his own teammate, Deontay Johnson or DJ Moore. Do you see it? Well, Tim Benz doesn't. And yeah, I can't really see it either. Well, another thing some in Steelers Nation are having a trouble envisioning is showing receiver Deontay Johnson the money and lots of it. There's no question the market for NFL receivers is going through the roof. So is the money the Steelers would have to pay Johnson, who happens to be the team's most polished route runner, in order for him to stay beyond this season. So SteelersNation.com broke down how Steelers GM Omar Khan and company might swing a deal for Johnson after just locking up safety Mink Fitzpatrick. The website writes this, quote, Just recently, the Las Vegas Raiders signed Hunter Renfro to a two-year extension worth a total of $32 million, or about $16 million per season with $21 million guaranteed at the signing. That could be a solid starting point for the Steelers on a short-term deal for Johnson but the per-season value would likely climb to around 18 to $19 million per year due to Johnson being the better receiver of those two. Deontay Johnson caught 107 passes for 1,161 yards in 2021 for your Steelers. A better example of a long-term contract that the Steelers could use as a reference is one that they just fashioned for Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, Fitzpatrick is already one of the top players at his position, while Johnson is still on ascent, 
But the fact is wide receiver contracts cost more than safeties, which means the per season price of these contracts could end up very similar and Johnson's could be even slightly higher than Minka's. And you'll remember Fitzpatrick received around $18.4 million per season over the four years on his new deal. With the extension of Fitzpatrick, the team accomplished their biggest task after the draft this summer, and now the team should do the same with Johnson. He's their unquestioned number one wide receiver, and on a team that will have a brand new quarterback under center on week one, they need their primary target firing on all cylinders to get the Steelers' offense on track, unquote. That's your take from Steelers Nation. Sign Johnson and sign him to Minka Money Plus. So, you know, but is Johnson worth Minka Money? Well, in this NFL market, he very well could be. So that is the Steelers' talk, the Steelers' debate. We'll see what Omar Khan actually does with regard to Deontay Johnson. But if you want some more significant Steelers talk during the summer doldrums, I give you none other than Coach Mike Tomlin. He was talking very candidly on the Pivot podcast. Here are some of the Tomlin takeaways to take to heart, as reported by TribLive.com, which writes, quote, the wide-ranging discussion among Tomlin and former players Channing Crowder, Ryan Clark, and Fred Taylor covered Tomlin's leadership skills and how he's handling coaching a team that lost its longtime starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, to retirement. Answered Tomlin, quote, There will be some new leadership here. Some of it you can anticipate, like defensive captain Cameron Hayward, but make no mistake, we are not sitting around hoping any of it happens we are thoughtfully constructing it, unquote. That answer from Tomlin wowed Kreider and compelled him to ask the coach if he, quote, recognized his greatness, unquote. That doesn't help me be great, Tomlin shot back. But can you recognize it, Crowder pressed. I resist it, countered Tomlin. Crowder pushed back, asking why, quote, because it doesn't help me. It doesn't help me to meet today's challenges. How does it help me meet today's challenges? Unquote. Tallman went on to say he doesn't need to recognize his own aptitude or accomplishment. Then while smiling, he said he'd instead prefer that Steelers President Art Rooney II recognize it. Quote, I want Art to recognize it so he pays me. If he does and he pays me appropriately, We've got a great relationship. It's an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, unquote. Trib Live goes on to write that the hour and a half podcast also featured a peek into Tomlin's troubled relationship with Mercurial, former Steelers star Antonio Brown. Tomlin was very hesitant to criticize Brown, who had one of the greatest careers for an offensive player in Steelers history, even if it ended in infamous fashion that stalled Brown's NFL career ever since. Tomlin said this, quote, We had nine great years. With the success comes a lot of things. Some we deal with well, some we don't, unquote. Hey, you don't get any more truthful than that right out of Tomlin. But he wasn't done talking about A.B. And what he had to say really reminds us of what A.B. brought to those Steelers in those nine years. 
Tomlin said this, quote, What I'll say about A.B. is this man, we had nine great years. I appreciate that dude in ways I can't explain to y'all. I won't even bother to attempt to explain to y'all because it sounds like I'm defending him in some way. And to me, from that standpoint, the nature of our relationship and what we all did together requires no defense. You could digest it however you want to digest it. I don't think enough gets said about the will of that dude, about the work ethic of that dude, about the fearlessness that he played the game, unquote. Now, as for any prospect of Brown returning to Pittsburgh to play and close out his NFL career, Tomlin shut that talk down cold. Quote, y'all know that ain't happening in terms of putting on a helmet and running out of the tunnel and playing ball and stuff like that, man. You know, he's moved on and we've moved on, unquote. Hey, that's just a glimpse of some of the great stuff from the pivot and Coach T. Personally, me, I loved it, but I can't wait until we move on to training camp where on-field production replaces all the vapid pros filling the Pittsburgh air. But again, that's just me. Some are complaining why there isn't more Steelers talk filling the national NFL airways. None other than NFL anchor and radio host Rich Eisen is wondering why everyone in the national NFL press seems to be sleeping on your Steelers. It's a good question. And here is Eisen. Quote, which is the franchise whose team is being talked about the absolute least in the AFC North right now? Nobody is talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nobody. Now, a part of it is because Lamar Jackson hasn't signed a contract and the team is offering him the opportunity to do so. And he's saying no another day. And we're talking about the Bengals because the defending AFC North champion. And we're also talking about the Browns, obviously, because of who their quarterback is and how they have bestowed the contract of contracts of all time of contracts in the history of contracts in the National Football League upon him. And then you got the Steelers, unquote. And not a lot of people talking about them, except we talk about them nonstop in the 412 area code. Beyond that, maybe not so much. So what is it, Steelers Nation? Why does the cat have the rest of the nation's tongue when it comes to your beloved black and gold? Either our Steelers are poised to crash and burn and they really aren't worth talking about, or lots of people outside of Western PA are going to be plenty surprised. In other words, there is lots more to talk about when it comes to these intriguing 2022 Steelers. And of course, we will keep doing it right here every Wednesday on your Steelers Update podcast. More Steelers talk all the time. So sign up where you get your podcast and you'll get it automatically when it's fresh every Wednesday afternoon. And of course, log on to penlive.com for your real-time Steelers news.